Hello and welcome to the Zurich Life podcast. My name is Ian Slattery and I'm joined today by Richard Templey, our Head of Investment Development. Together we will be looking at the investment market performance and movements and discuss Zurich's current fund positioning. The Zurich Life podcast is available to download through the SoundCloud app and also on zurichlife.ie. You can also subscribe through both iOS and Android, which will allow you to download and listen offline. As always, this investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Good morning, Richard. Volatility has persisted throughout March, with trade negotiations between the US and China taking centre stage. What has been the reaction of equity markets? Well, good morning, Ian. Equity markets have seen some more volatility. They've retested and in some cases breached uh, the recent lows that were set in the last week of January and the start, the start of February. And we've recently seen the US S&P 500 index hitting its, its 200-day moving average. Uh, but it hasn't, it hasn't yet breached that, that particular moving average. So the, 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 the volatility at the end of January and early February was driven by concerns that US wage inflation was was increasing and also there were some excessive short volatility positioning and these two factors resulted in the volatility at the end end of January. The recent volatility that you referred to during March, Ian, yes it has related to uh, the trade concerns between the tariffs that were have been imposed on China and, and likely um, retaliation. Although it's interesting that China's uh, has had a, its response has been fairly muted so far, um, and that suggests, of course, that it wants to de-escalate rather than escalate tensions. In addition, uh, during March, <coughs> uh, we've had some specific company uh, events, particularly in the technology sector, relating to Facebook and Amazon, which have also resulted in technology shares coming off and it's affected the, over, the overall market. So the first, level, the first series of volatility related to inflation and, and uh, rising interest rates, more recently it has been relating to, to trade, trade concerns. The markets are also looking at interest rate rises, short-term interest rate rises, the Fed funds rate in, in the US. And during March, on the 21st of March, we had another increase in short-term interest rates from 1.5% to 1.75%. And that's the sixth interest rate increase in the current cycle. But it has to remember that um, you know, interest rates were historically low during this cycle, close to 0%. So although uh, interest rates have risen six times, they are still at historically low levels. Uh, the Federal Reserve is now forecasting two more rate rises this year and we're likely to get further interest rate rises next year. So that's an important factor to watch is the, the interest rate cycle. Having said all that, Zurich still believes that the, the macroeconomic fundamentals, such as you know, strong economic growth, strong corporate earnings growth, uh, that these fundamentals continue to support the equity markets. And in addition, we've seen during the recent volatility that price earnings multiples for equities have come back into more fair value, fair value range. So we are still uh, at the top end of ranges in equities and as regards Eurozone government bonds we're at the, the lower end of ranges and the bonds that we have remaining in the portfolios, are, are, uh, the duration of those bonds is quite low. You mentioned the S&P 500 index testing its 200-day moving average. In terms of other geographical sectors or markets uh, around the globe, what sort of movements and performance did we see? Overall. Uh, world equities 
uh, in euro terms during March, they fell by about 2.8% overall. And uh, the total return for the first quarter of the year is minus 3.2%. When we look at local currency returns for the month of March amongst the major markets, there was, they ranged from minus 1.3% in Ireland to minus 4.3% in Australia. And the influential US market was down about 2.7%. Year to date, the best performing markets have been Hong Kong, which is up marginally, and the US, which is down about a percent. And the worst performing market so far this year has been the UK, which is down over 8%. We, we often discuss and talk about sector divergence being an opportunity for active managers, and with a more risk-off sentiment evident throughout March, did we see any particular trends in the sectors, particularly in the US, for example? Yeah, well, uh, the, uh, the environment during March was one what we call, call risk-off as opposed to risk-on. And because of that, we saw some long-term trends in sectors partially reversed during, during the month. So the sectors that have been doing well for a long time, the sort of cyclical stocks, things like technology, financials and so on, they performed poorly during March and the ones that have been performing poorly for a long time, the defensive or more bond proxy stocks like real estate and utilities, they performed better during, during the month of March. Year to date, however, technology remains the top performer. It's up over 3%, while some of these defensive areas like telecoms and consumer staples are down nearly 9 and 8% respectively so far this year. Moving uh, over to fixed income and, and Eurozone bonds in particular, what were the, the key changes that we saw there? Okay, again, in this risk-off uh, environment we saw during March, as you might expect, government bonds actually performed better during, during March. And the over five-year Euro government bond index rose by just, well, just over 2% during the month. And returns from bonds in the first three months is now just over, again, just over, over 2%. We've seen quite a big differential between the peripheral markets such as Spain and Italy, which have significantly outperformed the core markets of, of Germany and the Netherlands so far, so far this year. So looking at the key German 10-year bond yield, it fell back during March from 0.66% to 0.5%. It had begun the year at around 0.4%. Equivalent US bond yields fell from 2.86% to 2.74, having begun the year at about 2.41%. So even though we did see a, a reversal in, in the trends in those two key metrics throughout the month of March, with the yields being higher than they were at the start of the year, those, those two key metrics have lost value so yes. far in 2018. Yes. Uh, you stated earlier that we saw the first rate rise in the US um, of 2018, uh, and you mentioned some of the, the figures in and around where we are at the current cycle. What is the pace that we might expect in 2018 how many rate rises might we see? And then I suppose on this side of the Atlantic, there's been some commentary recently that the expectations of the end of quantitative easing um, by the ECB, is that something that we can perhaps see happening in 2018? Okay, looking at the, the US first, we've had sort of gradual rate rises, which actually began at the end of 2015, December 2015. So interest rates have been rising gradually over that period. We had a rate rise in March, as I said, 
and there are two or possibly three more rate rises to take place during the remainder of 2018, uh, with further to come in 2019. So I, what's, what's happening is the Federal Reserve, under the new chairman Powell, they're assessing inflation, economic activity, and they are just gradually increasing rates as, as growth and inflation begin, begin to pick up. The Bank of England, as we've said before, increased rates last November. Uh, it was the first rise in a decade. They increased rates from 0.25% to 0.5%. And of course, that was just reversing the emergency action they took when they cut rates following the Brexit vote. However, the markets are expecting one or two further rate rises in the UK during this year. As regards the Eurozone Central Bank, we, are, we believe that the ultra-low interest rates we have at the moment and have had for some time, these will remain for at least uh, 12 months. So it's going to be at least 12 months before Eurozone rates may start to pick up. What can you tell us about the performance of the commodity sector, in particular in response to some of the, the US and China trade rhetoric? There were fairly modest uh, moves in commodities uh, overall uh, during March. We saw energy prices rising a little bit, non-energy prices falling uh, by less than one, by 1%. Maybe it's looking at some of the individual commodities, raw materials, food and beverages rose by 1, 1.3 and 0.4% respectively. Base metals fell by just over 4%. Precious metals came off by just around half percent. You know, relatively modest moves in, in commodities during the month. The overall commodity index is up almost 1% year, year to date. Okay, we, we know oil's a, a large component of that commodity index, um, and again, something that might be uh, highly affected by geopolitical concerns and some of the trade uh, tariff talk as well. So what did we see from oil throughout the month of March? Okay, well just to put a bit in context, oil has been pretty strong for about five or six months. It did come off actually, a bit of profit taking during the month of February, came off by 5%, but it rebounded again during March and it's now close to its the high of the year, the, that's, that's the, the oil price. Oil price has been strong because demand is strong because economic growth is, 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 is um, is, is quite positive. Other commodities, gold price was marginally higher in, in, in March. Copper has been quite a weak commodity this year. It is something that we had in the portfolios last year and performed extremely well for us, but we've cut the position in copper and copper is, has been declining so far this year. And you stated earlier on that our, our core asset um, allocation position remains broadly intact, um, in particular in re respect to equities and bonds. Of course, as an active manager, we, we make uh, calls at a geographical, a sector and, and a stock level as well. So do we see um, much change throughout the month of March in that respect, uh, particularly in the multi-asset funds? Well, we've been increasing, we did increase the equity position um, during the weakness we've seen in the last month or so, and now we're pretty much at the top of our equity ranges in the multi-asset portfolios. Um, so we have a positive view on equities going forward. Uh, with regards to the geographical positions, the main bias is towards uh, Asia Pacific and Irish equities. The um, consistent underweight position has been in the UK, which has worked well for us. And the US now is, is, is neutral to slightly underweight. 
and Japan is uh, has a slightly positive bias. The main move during the month was that we reduced the European position a little bit uh, from um, an overweight position to a more neutral bias. Sector positions were broadly maintained during the month. We have a positive bias towards materials and technology stocks and a negative bias towards real estate and telecom. So those positions have worked well for us for quite some time. Um, slightly negative performance uh, during the month of March, but we still think that cyclical stocks will outperform more defensive areas. The bond positions are, as I said earlier on, at the bottom of ranges, and the remaining bonds in those multi-asset portfolios, the, the duration of those bonds is very low. That brings us to the end of our monthly investment update. Thank you, Richard, for that in-depth analysis, and thank you, our listeners, for your time. As always, for more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news, please visit zurichlife.ie. Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.